1: It happens but you can stop mother nature whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ed call metro men's health skip the pills and injections they're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time metro men's health treats the root cause of ed lack of blood flow so it works long term metro men's health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.
2: Yep, it's part two of our interviews from the NRA Annual Meetings. We have Amy Robbins with Alexa Athletica, Coleon the War, and more. So stay tuned. to the trend chat I'm your host Brian Blutto and if you want to connect with us whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter it's all the same name trend chat 24-7 so first off I just want to say thank you to everyone that listened to the previous episode part one with Senator Ted Cruz and Kaya Jones and others I'm definitely mentioning that because there was a huge spike <laughs> as far as um, you know plays and downloads, which like I say, I'm definitely am um, appreciative of everyone that has you know that listened in. I hope that people maybe that haven't heard you know trench chat before maybe will you know come back and listen to some to the other parts and you know like right now we're looking at probably part maybe four parts so at at the moment at the moment <laughs> right now. But I, yeah, I really appreciate it, you know people listening and tuning in, and hopefully you'll continue to listen. And it's you know coming up on a um, hundred episodes, so definitely you know we're getting ready for that. So this is episode ninety-five, so five more, well four more until the hundredth episode. So really excited for that. Um, but uh, yeah. Just once again, I'm, I really appreciate people who um tuned in to the to part one. And so, like I said, here we are at part two. We have, well, we have a few, a few less. I, I guess <laughs> what was that? A few less, really? a <laughs> you know, less people on because actually the um, the interviews are a little bit longer, which is great, especially. You know, when uh, when I'm talking with Amy Robbins and Coleon, and so it was a longer discussion, conversation. So we're going to play both of them soon. And we also spoke with uh, Nate with Timney Triggers, kind of going back to what I mentioned in the previous episode, where I'm I'm kind of focusing on, like, just different components of the firearm in particular, because that's one thing about the annual meetings, or if you go to a shot show or something like this, where if you've never been to a, you know, a gun show, I'm just, that's a simple way of putting it as far as for the annual meetings is definitely more than a gun show, but just to kind of give you a context of what I'm talking about. Um, there's just so much there so much to, to, to see and to and i guess one way i was looking at it is it's kind of like how people treat their cars so you can customize your car you know down to the boat and that's pretty much the same as far as when it comes to guns and that's just something i didn't really i I didn't really think about before last year when i went to atlanta for the for my first uh, annual meetings and um And I mean, I've been to a few, you know, gun shows before, but like I said, this was on a much grander scale as far as, I mean, we're talking 10, 20 times bigger and, and more, you know, intricate, I guess, than just your regular gun show that you might go to, um, you know, in your state somewhere. So, like I said, we're going to talk with uh, someone with, with, with Timmy triggers, and we're going to talk about triggers, obviously. So, so I, I just want to, you know, kind of bring you up to speed as far as what's coming up for this episode and next episode. I can, I can say this at least because I do know uh, that Dana Lash will be on next episode, so part three, and uh, along with Grant Stitchfield and my story. So with black guns matter. So those, those three interviews will be on tomorrow. And then we'll also have another interview that basically will be kind of a recap in a way of, the, of the annual meetings with Lydia Longoria, who, you know, she's a second amendment advocate and is featured on a series on NRA women called love at first shot. So we talked with her, and hopefully we may have an interview with um someone with NRA school Shield as well. And we're hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, <laughs> did I say hopefully? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I, I guess because I, I'm I'm thinking about it right now because it's something I just hope that we get get a chance to get her on. So, so let's uh, go straight into the first interview and it will be with Amy Robbins with Alexo Athletica. Now I said that right just then, but you will hear, which actually a lot of times it's kind of a little bit behind the scenes. So when I'm doing these interviews, when I finish, you know, and I put them on the computer, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, I know some people may be, weary as far as doing a recorded interview because you don't know, especially if you don't know the person. And so you don't know if that person going to cut them, you know, cut up the interview to make them sound, said something else that they didn't say or whatever like that. And what that's not, you know, for, for me, that's not true. I, I don't do any of that. And I tell the person that I'm interviewing, the only, the only thing that's getting cut up is me because a lot of times I can, in the middle of asking a question, I might get, I might've messed up how I asked it or something like that. So if anybody's getting edited, it's me. (laughs) And in this case, I could have easily taken out my, (laughs) I guess how I butchered saying Alexa Athletica, but I left it in mainly because it was funny. So I just left it in there. So, so you'll hear that. (laughs) And, um, so After a word from the Founding Project, we'll go right into our interview with Amy.
3: Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the Civics movement. The founding project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today.
2: Hello, this is Trent Chad, and we're here at the NRA annual meetings. and We are pleased to have a returning guest with us, Amy Robbins. She is the founder and CEO of Alexo Athletica. How are you doing?
4: It's a it's a tongue twister. I know. I let everybody try to say it five times fast and see if they can <laughs>
2: if they can do it. We'll be here all day if I try. to You
4: do did a great job, Brian. I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
2: Doing well. So not only that you're all the founding CEO, but you also have something else going on, which is called not not your average Gun girl. No, no, that's not right.
4: Girl. Yes, and so yeah. So Emily from Style Me Tactical, she runs a fashion blog, um, has been one of my good friends for several years now, and we started a podcast. at SHOT Show, actually, was when we launched it. And it is called Not Your Average Gun Girls. whole idea behind the podcast was Emily and I always felt when we were getting into the firearm industry that we never really fit into the mold that most people think in their head when they think of a gun girl. And so we wanted let, to... Let me just let me stop you there, because yeah. when I saw it,
2: um, I guess maybe I've just been hanging around you and Antonio so much because it yeah. didn't feel like that. So, what is an average gun girl?
4: You know, honestly, <laughs> I don't really... I, I think what I think what it was... Like when I started, um, when I started working with with, with the NRA, doing NRA TV and hosting um, the Noir show with Collier Noir, I always had in my head what a gun person looked like. Some old person hunkered down in a bunker somewhere wearing camo and clinging to their guns. Like that that was just in my head what it looked like. So I don't know, I guess I was thinking a lot of like camo and a lot of country or maybe even like military or law enforcement or maybe even a competitive shooter. Um, And so I think that might have been typically what people had in their head when they thought of gun girls you know and so there's a there's a very diverse group of women now who are really taking the Second Amendment to heart and they're starting to be big advocates for it and they don't fit into any of those molds you know they don't have any previous prior military or law enforcement exposure um, they're not competition shooters they're simply moms they're lawyers they're dental hygienists they're TV broadcast hosts you know but they all believe in the Second Amendment and they're all starting to get into firearms through one avenue or another. And we really wanted to highlight the the diversity that's in the women community now that's getting into firearms.
2: So I guess um, in one way of looking at it, kind of like you're more casual gun owner.
4: Yeah, you that. know what? I- you could say that, but I would even say now. I mean, now I'm a gun enthusiast. So like now, I have taken my training to another level. I've really become um, an enthusiast, and that I just admire and I appreciate the firearm. So now I can't wait to buy my next gun. So I, I've kind of moved over to that gun enthusiast realm, you could say. Um, but yeah, I think that really this this day and age, you kind know, of the gun can fit into your life however you want it to fit into your life. I've always said the gun fits into my life like my Neiman's card in my Bible. So it fits into <laughs> seamlessly, uh, you know, you really could just make it a part of your lifestyle. Your everyday lifestyle. And that's exactly what um, Emily and I are both doing in our own respects. That's why I created Alexa Mathetica. Uh Because I am an athlete. I'm I'm a runner. And I'm living in workout clothes. So, But my firearm is with me at all times. And so if I'm going to be wearing spandex, uh, Lululemon was not putting a gun holster in their pants. And so I noted very quickly that for the gun to be a part of my life and fit into my lifestyle, I need to create something that I would want to wear that's cute enough to fit into my life that's functional enough to fit into my lifestyle as well and that's really how the whole idea of Alexa Athlonica came to me a couple years ago
2: Yeah, because it kind of reminded me of uh a I got a chance to speak with Stephanie Reese, yeah. so who, who was a guest on your yes, on your uh-huh. podcast and mine as well. Yeah. And just the whole whole idea as far as a lifestyle, exactly, and you know the style and everything. Is, and for you as far as with um, you know, whether it's athletic gear. Yep. So we'll talk about Alexa Athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so what's new with um, new with the you know with the line and everything coming out?
4: Yeah, you know. So we we just launched. A lot of people don't realize that we just launched our company October thirty first, two thousand seventeen. So so we are brand new to the market. Uh, baby company. We really had this idea to do basically a soft launch um, to test the market and see what women were wanting, what was out there. We knew the market was out there and ripe and ready for um, this functional athletic wear. Um, so we launched with two two pants and four jackets. Really simple. Um, sold out of that very quickly. We're actually sold out of our stuff right now. I think we've, we've got a few jackets left, but a lot of people are buying those jackets at the summertime. But um, you know, we, we sold out of our inventory very quickly. We're waiting on the next shipment to get here and then we're going to be expanding the line so we're adding pieces here and there um until we come up with the full line in the fall so full line fall 2007 or fall 2018 is going to be sports bras tank tops sweaters new pants new patterns um so keep an eye out for that because we got a lot of really cute stuff on its way and men's stuff Everyone's asking me that. You know what? We, about 15% of our customer base are actually men, buying it for their, their girlfriends, their wives, their daughters. Um, and every single one of them have asked us, when are you going to be making a men's line? So it's on our radar. It actually was built into our three- to five-year plan as well. So uh, we wanted to start with the women, because as we know, women are the fastest-growing demographic of new gun owners. And so we wanted to make sure that they felt like they had someone that was speaking their language, supporting their rights, and giving them functional facts fashionable options that nobody else was giving them right now. So we're starting with the women. Men, you've dominated this market for a while. you got a lot of options out there, but the women do not have a lot of options yet, but we're changing that game.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying that for just, you know, supporting you directly, so I'm just saying that.
4: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I actually have had guys say, you know, I want to wear those leggings in the wintertime underneath my shorts, and I'm like, I don't know how the size uh, translates to men's sizes, so please don't look at my size chart and go based off of that. Yeah, I can't yeah. guarantee a good thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: I can't see that. So, um, I guess one thing I did want to mention, as far as um, I guess I want to ask you, with everything that's been going on, apart in the past year, with um, you know, like you know, March for Our Lives and everything, do you do you see like, I guess the the hate from the left has it become like? Is it worse than ever or, or, or maybe not? I'm not.
4: Um, are we talking about in terms of firearms and the second amendment or the NRA based? In, I guess in,
2: the NRA. I guess. You know,
4: I, I will definitely say that um, this is the most polarized I've seen in our country in a long time. And just from a pure Second Amendment standpoint, I think it's really sad that this has has even become a partisan issue. Because at the end of the day, the Second Amendment covers all of us. It doesn't matter your political party, it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter your age. Like the Second Amendment was put in there by our fathers to protect all of us and give all of us the right to self-defense. And so the fact that it's being so divided and there's so much division between the, the parties is really, really sad to me because at the end of the day that, you know, we're supposed to all be on the same team here and the Second Amendment is supposed to cover all of us. So, you know, yes, I, I think we have seen a shift. Um, there's been a big movement with the feminist movement, which I actually think the word feminism has been hijacked by the left uh, to mean something that it never was intended to mean. It was post to simply mean equality. And while I do inherently think men and women are created equally, I still think that we have differences. We have different roles, we have different things that we're, we have strengths in, we have different weaknesses, and that's okay to embrace that with one another. Um, and so, yeah, I do think uh, spe- I've seen, the, the biggest thing that I've seen, you know, especially from the left, the feminists on the left who want to say that they want to preach women's right to choose, but when it comes to our right to choose how we want to defend ourselves, don't even go there. You know, they definitely don't think we have a right to choose A firearm. If we want to choose a firearm, which to me that absolutely goes against everything that they are preaching. You know, if you got a right to choose, you got a right to choose. And if my choice offends you, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, another thing I wanted to talk talk to you about. Is that um, so uh, well, I guess it was probably a couple of months ago when um. I guess, like, Alexa really got on the map when um, Tommy Laren, like yeah. posted, <laughs> posted yeah. something about Alexa. Mm-hmm. So um, how has it been since that point?
4: Oh, it's, it's been fantastic. You know, we were really surprised. Tommy's a friend. We were just as surprised as everybody else when she posted a picture because that was not a paid advertisement by any means. We simply sent her a pair when she was moving to L.A. because I wanted her to be safe. And I wanted her to find a functional line that, you know, she's a runner. And so when she posted that, it was really sad. To me, to see the, the gun shaming hate mm-hmm. that came from that. You know, people getting all upset with her and making it seem like she didn't have a right to choose the firearm as a way to protect herself. And
2: Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you were saying as far as about defendants, you know, they're coming out mm-hmm. and, you know, making that point. Well,
4: and Tommy is a very big champion of women's rights. And so the fact that they would hate on somebody who self proclaimed helps women's empowerment on a daily basis, um, you know, it just really sad to see the misinformation and they're just uneducated. At the end of the day, they're just not educated on the issues, and they're probably not educated even in, in proficiency in firearms either, And which is I think where a lot of this stems from. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, they're very vocal a lot of times about where they stand on that, but, you know, it was the best thing that could ever happen to our company. We, I think that's when we sold out of the remaining inventory that we had, and we're even back-ordered on, on majority of our leggings right now as well. So, yeah, it was probably the best thing that could ever happen. And I also think to rally the troops. I feel like really talking Tommy's post um, really helped empower a lot of the college girls, um, girls that have just gotten out of college who are finally at the age where they can get the concealed carry license, and they're taking that serious, they're taking the Second Amendment very serious, they're taking their protection very serious, so I think it's spurred on because you're seeing all these girls like Brenna Spencer, um, you know, go viral on Twitter just because she put a gun in a holster in the front of her <laughs> pants for her college picture, you know, Tommy is, is very influential, and um, what she's doing is empowering women to take a hold of their rights, and so I'm, I'm very proud of her and what she does.
2: Yeah, you know, um, as far as you're talking about how busy you were, because even we were trying to get you on, and it was... was,
4: (laughs) You know, people think we have this huge operation. And I'm like, we are a startup company here, people. So we're doing, a lot of us are wearing many hats in this company. And so when that hit, the orders were coming in at such a fast rate. And we were having to get the shipping and get the customer service stuff done. And, you know, it was it was a busy time. Things have, have slowed down just a little bit because we're out of inventory right now. So we're ramping up uh, to start fulfilling all the back orders that we've already gotten as soon as we get our inventory in. So.
2: I guess it one uh, one thing that we talked about yesterday is that uh, the idea of a fashion show. No! So you know it's just something that, that came across to my mind because mm-hmm. you know especially something like this where I mean it's a huge huge you know, place as Absolutely. far as everything so you know I was just thinking maybe do some sort of fashion show maybe you know coincide with the podcast and all that you know something I was
4: thinking. We, we, we would love to do something and I actually there's a lot of concealed carry fashion shows that have been going on um, you know USCCA does one at their big convention every year the NRA has not to my knowledge yet implemented one that's officially sponsored by the NRA annual meetings I think it's a great idea uh, and maybe they have and I just I didn't know about it uh, but I, I think it's a great idea because I think it shows how how to style the stuff you know especially with with Alexo in particular we're a very versatile line we can go from week workout to weekend wear very easily but sometimes people just need to be shown how to style it how to wear it so I, I actually put a lot of emphasis on that on my Instagram page I, I do a lifestyle series and then I do like a workout series so I'm constantly wanting to show women hey these aren't just crop pants that you wear to go run you actually can Pair them with this cute sweater and these like fantastic flats, and wear it out for a day in the spring. You know when you're going to lunch with your friends. So we we focus a lot on the styling elements and aspects of it because some people just need to know like the versatility of it and see exactly how you can do it. But a fashion show is a great idea. I'm all about a fashion show. I grew up doing fashion shows and runways, so yes, I love a good fashion show.
2: Okay, yeah. Well, you know, whenever that comes by, I guess we'll try to cover that too. So
4: absolutely. You know, I, I got your number. I will let you know <laughs> so where I'm- and when
2: so the last question I want to ask something I've been asking every morning is that so the theme uh, is a show of strength for Second Amendment freedom and I just want to ask you For you or for Alexa as a company, uh, how would you apply that?
4: Well, here's the thing with with Alexa. So when everything was happening, um, obviously like with Parkland and with the shootings and everyone's been really attacking the Second Amendment and attacking our freedoms, um, what I started noticing, people coming out of the woodwork, CEOs, like really separating themselves from the Second Amendment. And that was really disheartening to me, Um, but it also encouraged me because I said, look, we have a massive group of people in this country that do believe in the Second Amendment, that do believe um, that our freedoms come when you can defend them and so what I said is we, number one, as a company, we will never back down from supporting a woman's right to choose how she wants to defend herself and we will never ever back down from supporting the Second Amendment and creating ways for women to actually be able to carry. So when other companies won't do it, you never have to worry about Alexa because we are always going to support that right and support it because we truly believe that that's, that's the only way that you protect freedom is through the Second Amendment. And so we know that, we believe that, we push that and that's our entire like mission of our company. So
2: so if anyone wants to know more about Alexa or about the podcast, we're going to
4: Absolutely, yeah. So on our website, um, alexoathletica.com, you've got great resources as far as you can see the lookbooks, you can see how we style it. We even have a self-defense series that we just started online there. So we've got some great videos that you can go watch. Um, obviously, you can buy the merchandise from the website as well. But we're on Instagram, at alexoathletica, as well as on Facebook. Um, the podcast is called Not Your Average Gun Girls. You can subscribe to that through uh, iTunes or go online and listen to it just directly off of our website. But if you subscribe to it, that helps us out a lot. So <laughs> so go check it out and subscribe on on iTunes. And yeah, I think that's pretty much we're on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media platforms if you have any, any questions about anything. Alright, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Always great to talk to you.
2: Yep, and thanks to Amy for joining us and also thanks to Amy for doing this as well.
4: Hey everyone, this is Amy Robbins with alexa Athletica and you're listening to Trin Chat.
2: Yep. So uh, just like on the past episode with Kaya Jones, so she agreed to do that and also Amy as well. So I appreciate that. And just like the others, we'll be playing that, you know, here and there just to, I don't know, as a break or something (laughs) for for different segments and whatnot. So like I said, um, we're well, next we have nate with timney triggers so we're gonna yeah we're gonna go with this interview we're gonna play this first and then have another word from uh the founder project and then we'll go into our interview with cole on the war hello it's Trent chat here at the nra annual meetings and we're here with nate with timney triggers how are you doing
5: doing well sir how are you doing
2: so um one reason why i wanted to come to your booth in particular is because your company deals specifically with triggers and, and that's it and that's something that I'm really interested in and in as far as how I guess how specialized that is and so just tell us you know why a trigger is, is so important
5: yeah so a good trigger is so important because it's going to improve accuracy accurate rifles are more fun if you can hit what you're shooting at it's going to be a lot better our triggers provide a nice crisp break to where you're not gonna pull off target, that's the major upgrade of switching triggers out. So if you're, you're running a factory trigger, you're pulling on it, you're getting a lot of movement, a lot of travel before that trigger goes off. With a Timney trigger, you're right on the wall, it's gonna be a nice crisp break, it's like breaking a glass rod. That's the main reason you swap the trigger out, improve accuracy.
2: Now, how much? Um, I guess how much accuracy are we talking about compared from a factory trigger? I mean, I know it varies from from fire on to fire on, but I mean, how much um, is it? Is it a lot?
5: or what? It can be. I mean, there's most of our triggers are about half a factory pull weight, so a factory pull weight. Hold on, I
2: don't mean to interrupt you. What is pull weight? <laughs>
5: so a pull weight is how much pressure is applied to that trigger before it fires. So most factory triggers you're looking at between six and eight pounds. And there's movement and travel in the trigger. It's called creep. So you're going to feel kind of a gritty feeling on it as you pull that trigger. Whereas with our trigger, most of them are, most commonly is three pounds, but they are adjustable, pound and a half up to four pounds. So if you like a light trigger, you're doing like some bench rest stuff, you want a lighter trigger, just kind of different options there. But three pounds is going to be about half of the factory
4: trigger.
2: Okay, and, um, and, how, I mean, how many different uh, types that y'all have as far as triggers for like for AR or uh, shotguns or what?
5: Um, so mainly we're doing ARs and bolt guns. So all hunting rifles we have a trigger for, and then also ARs. We have probably twenty different variants of AR trigger, depending on whether you like a single stage or you like a two stage. So what is the uh, two stage? A two stage is going to have some really smooth travel. So you have a really smooth travel for your first stage. You hit a solid wall. And at that point, it's going to break like a single-stage trigger. If you pull that travel out, you can either release the trigger and go back to an unfired trigger, or you can pull through the wall round downrange. Okay. And, um,
2: and now as far as, I guess I'm just thinking about as far as, like, so with the factory trigger, because like myself, like I just have the factory trigger, mm-hmm. and I didn't think anything else of it, because, you know, I never, I didn't even know last year that there was so much customization when it comes to this. And no triggers being one of them. So, I mean, um, if I have this, if I have the, a factory trigger and you're saying that it could you know, make it inaccurate, I mean, could, is, there, is there a chance as for us as having a misfire? I guess, I guess a misfire against being so light? Is that a problem?
5: If you go beyond our specifications, it's not good. I mean, it's not, not advised. If we have a pound and a half to four pound trigger and you try to take that trigger to a pound, it's no longer safe, right? We advertise it at the full weight that's supposed to be at so yeah if you're in the in the range of our triggers safety you're going to be completely fine there's going to be no worry about anything all of our triggers right out of the package are safe so they've been hand-assembled hand-tested by guys who that's all they do and all day they, all they're doing is testing triggers
2: okay so um if, um, I guess if anyone wants to know more about Timmy Triggers, um, how would
5: they find out? So we're available online, Um You can give us a call. All of our guys who answer the phone are really cool. Answer any questions you guys have about anything. We can even break it down to where I have this rifle, what trigger do I need? Well, what are you going to use the rifle for? Are you going to be hunting with it? Are you going to be competing with it? We have different options for different people. So, like, if you're a hunter, you're going to keep your rifle between two and three pounds. You're walking through the woods. You don't want that stuff snagging. You don't want it going off accidentally, right? Whereas a competition shooter is going to go for the lightest trigger possible. I have an eight ounce trigger, half pound trigger. Hmm. So, I mean, that's it's a com- strictly competition triggers. I mean, it's all in all, in what you're looking for, different flavors for different varieties. Okay. Um, uh, also, anything on social media? Yeah, we can find us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Timmy Triggers. Okay, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thank you, sir. Have a good
2: day. Yep, thanks to Nate for joining us. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure, especially if you're like really proficient in firearms, <laughs> you're probably listening to some of these interviews and like. And I'll ask pretty simple questions, <laughs> and uh, I mean, well, I will understand that I am pretty new as far as. um I guess being a part of the, I guess you would say like the two A community, Second Amendment community. It just, um, I mean, I've always been a a supporter and always been you know advocate for the Second Amendment. But personally, as far as having a firearm and even being um, knowledgeable about what you do, um, what to do with it, and and as I mentioned in there, as far as knowing how you can customize and change aspects of of a firearm or you can like like i mentioned earlier you can customize it down to to the very you know trigger of it and and so a lot of times you're gonna hear especially when i'm if i'm doing an interview with someone when involving guns at least for the time being it's gonna probably sound a little simple (laughs) a little bit um probably probably ask some pretty naive questions, which I think, I think I mentioned when I talked to Cole on it, um, which is coming up now. So I'm just letting you know, cause you just hearing it from someone that is new to all of this and just, you know, asking questions. So, so, yeah, so with that being said, we're going to um, get to our interview with Cole on the war. And first you hear a word from, um, Politics and straight to our interview. Hello, this is Brian Blesser, host of Trend Chat, also a contributor at PolitiChicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called PolitiChicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at PolitiChicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Hello, this is Trent Chad. We're here at the NRA Annual Meetings, and we have a returning guest from last year, the War. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing pretty good. What's going on, man?
2: First thing I wanted to mention is that you have debuted, um, I guess, with what you call the Advocate. Yeah. You know, tell us everything about that.
3: So the, ab- the Advocate is basically a collaboration between me and a company called Tier Defense. They've actually been trying to get me to come up with my own line of gun for a while now. And so what has essentially happened was me saying, okay, and then coming together and while I craft a concept based on an existing platform and then turn it into how I would envision it. <laughs> so what I did was I picked a gun that I was pretty keen on, uh, the HKVP-9, and uh, basically created something that, like I looked at it and I said, if I were gonna make this gun look a certain way, how would I make it look? And so that's what we did. And so over the course of about six months, uh, we went back and forth with certain designs. How I, you know, I wanted the grip to feel, how I wanted the slide to look, um, all of it, the characteristics of the gun, the features, the, the, the casing, all of it. And then kind of came together. I told them what I wanted, they executed, essentially. And so then from there, now where it's currently on the market. It's been on the market for about six months now. And so, I named it the Advocate more or less because of what I do. You know, um, I consider myself an advocate, while at the same time, I don't think there's a bigger advocate for your life than a gun when you need it, right? Um, so that's kind of where the whole name came from.
2: So, what was the, I guess, the inspiration as far as um, putting it together?
3: Uh, visual, aesthetically, the inspiration largely came from cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked. I have a. I have a love affair with with cars, um, especially supercars. So for me, I took a lot of the cues from the things that excite me about a certain car, and um, applied them to the gun as well. So actually, what I did in, in the actual official release video, which isn't out yet because I haven't finished editing it, but um, what I do is I analogize it to a very specific car. And so in the video, it further explains what my inspiration was for the actual gun.
2: Okay. So um. And I also also noticed that you have um, not only the advocate, but you also have the advocate light. Yes. So. Um,
3: yeah. So essentially, what I wanted to do was, I wanted to create something that was tier one, you know, it, the, the best of the best that I could possibly con- conceive and put together, while at the same time understanding that that naturally is going to place it at a high, at a price point that's not achievable to a lot of people. So what I wanted to do was kind of. Create something that was that had the same level of quality, but um, didn't have some of the encrustations that come with the gun. Right, that that becomes part of their experience. And so what we managed to do was take take the price and nearly cut it in half. And so there, so you still get the same feel and essence of the gun, just minus some of the extras that usually come with it. And so for those people who want to come in and can't achieve that that certain price point with the full package, they can still get the essence of what the advocate is at a lower price point that's more accomplishable.
2: Like like I mentioned last year, I'm novice. I'm still still new, okay, yeah. and so I'm, I guess this might sound kind of a naive question, but um, I mean, so it's not a, a brand new gun. It's no. a just a, like a modification. Yeah, think level. about it.
3: Think about it like I'd say, like a kind of like a collaboration between Supreme and Louis. Okay. Like when they kind of had that collaboration okay. together, It was yeah. basically taking my brand, taking another company's brand, okay. and meshing them together, okay. and coming up with a creation based on an already existing platform. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a a, a highly customized version of an already existing
2: guy. Okay. So um, also, well, um, season six of Noir. Uh, well, well, like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I guess tell us a little bit about you know what about that season seven now. Oh, it's yeah. oh. We already yeah. started already. Yeah. I, I was just looking it up. Okay, okay. So uh, tell us about what's you know what season seven. Season seven
3: essentially is we're really going to shoot this one more guerrilla style. Um, at this point, we're going to do something different cause, with the shooting competition because largely we always have a shooting competition in the show. Mm-hmm. So we're um, we kind of changed up the format a little bit. I don't want to give up too much information, yeah. you know. But um, we, we've done something different, but. You're going to get two very different feels. Um, And and it's going to be really focused. There's going to be a real focus on the cultural component, right, of not only just the gun world but just our our society as a whole as it stands now. And so that's kind of the, without saying too much, that's kind of the direction we're starting to go with the show.
2: So I guess in the overview of all the seasons, what is, from your first season to, like, now, what have you really, like, what have you, I guess, learned in, in, in growing with all, with all these seasons? Uh, working with the negative
3: Paints of Vietnam fight. I thought <laughs> that was a trade line. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, it, what, what it's done is really honestly, and I've always known it, but it really kind of exposed to me the diversity of the, of the gun culture as a whole. And what it's done is it's, it's allowed me to get a real personal perspective about how, peop- how differently people approach the idea of firearm ownership, which I think is incredibly fascinating. And so as I continue to do the show, I learn more and more and more and more and more and and, and I think what it's done is it's allowed me to be able to sympathize with different perspectives, even those that don't necessarily agree with me. Um, and I and I think that add that adds a lot to the show in many ways as well, um, and I continue to keep getting that as I keep pushing along with the show. Okay.
2: Now this is um, this has nothing to do with guns, yeah. But it's something that I've been talking about, and I've kind of been asking a couple of couple of people, and um. So I guess the whole thing with Kanye, yeah. I mean. Just, what's your thoughts as far as what's been going on the past couple of weeks? And just this,
3: I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't really, put, I don't really give it much mental energy. And the reason why I don't is because I never really know from what perspective he's working from. There's just, it's just, just so much going on with him. I, I can't tell if it's trolling. I can't tell if it's just to garner attention. I can't tell if he really believes what he's saying. So for me, I don't really spend too much energy trying to figure it out. There are elements to what he's saying that I agree with. There are elements to what he's saying I've been saying for years, right? Just the idea of independent thought. And so beyond that point. I don't really put much effort into it just because largely I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, You know? And I'm, I'm, I'm one who likes to work from a position of being honest and real. So if you're just doing it to garner attention, even though I may agree with it, it's kind of like, it loses its value to me. And so, I, and, and like, with people in this space, in this lane, I never really know how genuine it is. So I don't really put too much emphasis on it, honestly.
2: So, um now, one thing I want to ask is, um, I guess in the past year, in the past year or so, I'm just wondering, with everything that's been going on, especially with the focus, you know, especially focus on the NRA, has has the hate from the left is it worse than ever, or I mean, or, or what? I mean, it feels like that way to um, me.
3: Yes, I think they feel empowered, so they're louder, again, right? So before they would, it would kind of hint at it, now they feel empowered to just come out and say it. And so from that perspective, it does make it seem like it's more. But then also now what you have is a growing platform within social media for people who are starting to understand its power and its effect. So now they're feeling more empowered to stand up and say things that they've, already, always, that they've always felt, whether it be for or against. And so I think that's what you're seeing here. It's just an aggregation of people who are feeling more empowered to speak up and say something, utilizing a platform that gives platform to people who
2: otherwise wouldn't have it. So um, here's a question I've been asking everyone is the theme here is a show of strength for Second Amendment freedom yeah. uh-huh. And so I' just I've just been asking everyone um, how you will apply that theme um, I'm just me
3: honestly um, I don't I don't run from who I am I don't run from my beliefs. I, I understand that I don't necessarily fit in very specific boxes. So I fit in, I can one foot may be in one box and another foot may be in another. Um, I'm just genuinely me and so what I feel that does is, is when people do meet me, it makes them comfortable being themselves as well. Whether they're black, white, Spanish, Asian, I don't care. Whether you agree with guns, disagree with guns, kind of agree with guns, You know, have certain issues, reservations, um, it doesn't matter to me. And so the more that I can empower people to be themselves right, and not feel like they have to hide who they are or make apologies for it or feel like they have to prove themselves, I think what that does is that starts to foster that independent thought. And so once you get that independent thought, that's that's it starts to tr- it starts to walk towards objectivity. And that's the biggest thing for me is objectivity. Because it's too easy to live in a world of subject subjectivity, which is natural, it's gonna happen. I have my biases, you have your biases because of your background, the way I grew up, et cetera, et cetera. So from that standpoint though, what I want is to always have this notion that if we're gonna have a conversation about anything, it doesn't even have to be about guns. Like, let's start from a place of objectivity. And then we can, while still acknowledging the very subjective aspects. Of that issue, right? Because there are going to be certain things that someone may not be able to comprehend because they didn't go through it. You know what I mean? And but when the when the foundation is based on objectivity, I think a lot more can be done. A lot more can be accomplished because otherwise, all that in, all, all all overt subjectivity does is force everybody to the corners. So the more that I continue to be me and unapologetically me, I feel that that would then empower other people to do the same. And then in doing so, while still being objective, I think it makes for a better country.
2: Well, I guess one thing I, I want to ask too is, um, I guess bringing people together and to have those conversations. I mean, is it is it getting better in in that, or is it still is it getting more polarized because of what's been going on?
3: You know, the weird thing is, it's and it's gonna sound like a contradiction. It's a little bit of both. I think it is getting better. I think it's getting better because we do have the platforms to counter misinformation. We do have the platforms to talk to people who we may not have had access to before, or get insight into it. Say, for instance, like there's a, a whole demographic of my audience who've never been exposed to Killer Mike before. right? And they're coming up to me now, and they're like, man, I watched that Killer Mike interview, and I loved it. They had no clue who Killer Mike was. They have no clue. But yet, here they are watching something from someone who they probably have never met or knew of in their life, and finding common ground. You get what I'm saying? Come yeah. Mike was a Bernie Sanders a surrogate. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But on this issue there's some commonality. And that's what I think the beauty of this country is is even within our differences there's always places for commonality. And in even if we don't agree we don't agree and don't have that common ground, we respect each other's opinion about it.
2: I mean, I mean, just like um, so. I've been sitting here as you've been here. So we had the Mossberg booth, and, um, and so you were signing autographs. And as I was sitting here, I was hearing a number of people, you know, mentioning the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's a, exactly what you, you know, what you're saying. Some people that are watching Joe Rogan's, you know, podcast or hearing it or hear you for the first time, and, and vice versa. So. Yep. No, I just want to say as someone, you know, that came here for the first time, I spoke to you then. You know, I'm I'm gracious for your time. And and also, I just want to say, you know, you are one of the factors, if not the factor, I guess in why I... Yeah. Became an NRA member, you know, a couple of days ago. Means a lot, man. So I really does so mean I appreciate a lot, everything you've been doing, and so absolutely. Um, absolutely. So uh, also NRA TV. So uh, let everybody know how they can find you on. Okay. You know, social media. Yeah. No. No
3: problem. Um, jump on NRA TV and just go to shows and or episodes, and you'll see it right there. Uh, my face will pop up. Or, if you want, you can go to my um YouTube channel, which is just type go to youtube and type um, Mr. Coley on mrcole on the dot com well, actually that's my website. you can go to my website mrcoleon dot com and see my content as well, or go to YouTube and just type in Mr. Colley on Noir, or Cole on Noir, or it'll pop right up well, I appreciate your time absolutely
2: yep, man, you heard that right yeah i I did join the n r a this week well last week <laughs> um it, you know it's something i've been thinking of doing for the past couple of years it just uh just decided to do it since I was gonna be there maybe at the meetings anyway, so I might as well go ahead and, and join. So um I guess I might get a little bit more into into that probably tomorrow, if not well, if not tomorrow, probably Thursday. Still wondering how many episodes we're gonna do this week. Still maybe it might be two more. Could be three more for all we know. But That's it for this episode and on tomorrow we'll have, as I mentioned before, we have Maj Torre with black guns matter, Grant Stitchfield with NRA TV and NRA spokeswoman Dana Lash will be on, on tomorrow's episode. So until tomorrow, we'll chat with you later.
0: Where do we keep the birth certificates?
4: Why?
5: Buying socks.
4: Socks. I'll check upstairs.
5: It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com news.